Hey, Love Tribe, get excited for another great episode with Chase and our special guest. But before we start, I wanted to remind you about our amazing and free 14-day happy couple challenge. I don't know about you, but with the upcoming holidays, I'm feeling this hectic energy and I'm craving some grounding, fun, and meaningful connection with my partner. So whether you've been with your partner for many years and you're needing to mix things up or you're a newly coupled and you're looking to dive in to learn more about each other, the 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge is perfect for anyone wanting to deepen their relationship and have fun while doing it. So head on over to our website to sign up. You can start connecting deeper physically and emotionally today over at idopodcast.com slash 14 with our simple, easy, and doable daily challenges arriving straight into your inbox daily. This free 14-Day Challenge will help you break the old habits and build new engaging habits that will push you to create a deeper intimacy with your partner. Sign up today for free for the 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge to start strengthening and improving your relationship today. Head on over to idopodcast.com slash 14. That's idopodcast.com slash 14 to sign up for our free challenge today. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. What's up, guys? Welcome to ID Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. If you are a first-time listener, you are in the right place for all of the relationship advice you need to have a successful and happy relationship. We interview the world's leading experts, psychologists, therapists, and get the information for ourselves, for Sarah and I, for our relationship, and then for you. For you guys, too. <laughs> so we are right along for the ride getting this great stuff. And today is no different with our interview. We have Dr. David Ludden, and he has a blog on psychology today called Talking Apes. And he is a professor of psychology at Georgia Gwinnett College. He is the author of the textbook, The Psychology of Language, an Integrated Approach. So you know, if you've written a textbook on the psychology of language, you might know a thing or two about communication. So <laughs> Dr. London has a lot of great stuff for us. And we, we focus in a little bit on how to deal with what I would call like silly arguments where basically your partner has an annoying behavior and he uses an example of uh, squeezing the, the toothpaste or not squeezing the toothpaste, <laughs> you know, like squeezing it in the middle instead of at the end. Yeah. You got to roll it up perfectly. <laughs> but th we all have these little things in the relationship that, that can bother us about our partners and they can either be, 
addressed in a productive way or you can make an argument out of it and, 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 and hurt the relationship. But just the broader relationship disagreements in general, this can apply to. But I think those little annoying behaviors, if we can figure out how to deal with those almost, and then the, the big discussions will be that much easier. And Sarah and I give some specific examples from our relationship. And uh, if any of you out there don't like sound of loud chewing or, or food being mixed. I have like this weird thing with it, but I don't think it's that weird. I think there's a lot of us out there. <laughs> so maybe maybe comment on uh, on our Facebook page and let me know if you're out there. But we get into some of our disagreements uh, around that and then how to have a productive conversation. Yeah. And I think it's important to remember that Many of these little annoying behaviors or pet peeves were not a big thing in the beginning of the relationship. So really trying to figure out what has caused either the behavior to change or for you to get more annoyed and then try and focus on the positives on your relationship because focusing on the good things about your partner will really help to put into some perspective on whether or not those little things really matter in your relationship. You got it. So I, <laughs> you just chew as loud as you want for now oh, on. I, oh my gosh. <laughs> so uh, funny. We're going to have to have like a dive down deep into this chewing conversation after this. A deep dive down? A deep dive down <laughs> <laughs> about this chewing situation. Right. You'll hear more on the show. but All right. Well, as always, we really appreciate you guys listening, leaving us those five-star reviews on iTunes. We continue to get great feedback from you and our, our numbers keep going up. So it's great to hear and, and, and see in writing that we are helping people out there because it's certainly helping our relationship and it feels great to know that it's helping you guys. And if you guys haven't done our 14 day happy couple challenge, head on over to our website at idopodcast.com and up at the tab, it says 14 day challenge. We send you a daily email for 14 days and it really helps strengthen and improve your relationship. We've had some awesome feedback from you guys. And uh, for those of you who haven't tried it, uh, check it out. And while you're on our website, you can also click on the resource tab and we have a ton of free resources from all the free um, guides that we've made from like the past, I don't know, maybe 50 episodes. We have maybe 10 or 15 of them. So we really encourage you to check out those guides. And um, a lot of them are step-by-step -step tutorials or ways uh, to help you sort through different challenges in your relationship. So uh, we know that uh, we, we hope that they'll be super beneficial for your relationship. And uh, as always, like Chase said, thanks for listening. And we hope you enjoy today's show. Hi, Dr. Ludden. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Well, thank you for inviting me. We've given our listeners a little overview, told them about your work, given them a little sneak peek at, at your article that we're going to be discussing. So why don't you take a minute, tell us about yourself and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships. Well, uh, okay. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a psychologist. I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a counselor, but I'm, but I'm interested in um, mainly in communication and relationships. And uh, well, well, I guess the reason why I'm interested in it is, well, first of all, it helps me to be better in my relationships. 
And uh, I really think that relationships are, are, are sort of the key to, to happiness in life because, uh, well, we're social animals. We have to have other people. And if our relationships, whether it's a marriage or even relationships at work, are not going well, then our life doesn't go well. So we need to know how to to manage our relationships well so that we can be happy. And focusing on communication is extremely yeah. interesting because it's it's such an important part of relationships. It's often where things go awry or they're really good. Mm-hmm. And and it's funny. I, I love the name of your blog on uh, psychology today of talking apes because uh, that's essentially <laughs> what we are. And I'm actually looking at Sarah's <laughs> shirt right now. She's wearing a shirt and uh, it's a it's a chimp and a chimp that has a hamburger in front of him and he's looking at his iPhone and uh, and it says civilized to death. It's a it's an upcoming book, but but it's also a good uh, a good uh, kind of uh, similar to talking apes because that's that's essentially what right. we are. Right. So uh-huh. um, we'll zero in and and talk about how we being talking apes can sometimes annoy our partners and. We've all been there, and you give a great example in your article of a couple getting upset over how the toothpaste is squeezed or not squeezed out of the tube. But Sarah and I have definitely had some silly arguments, some silly things that 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 we annoy each other with, and it's certainly a part of relationships. So why don't we just dive right in, and why don't you tell us why do we annoy our partners so much? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> well, I guess I guess that's a it's it's impossible to not annoy your partner from time to time because we're we're each individual and we have to. I think the the really important part is first of all learning how to deal with your partner when they're when they're being annoying. Um, but also, I would say recognizing what you're doing that's 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 creating a, annoying relationships or annoying situations in the relationship. And if you take the toothpaste example. I think if you find yourself getting upset because your 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 spouse or um, whatever relationship we're talking about, if you if you find that something small has upset you, um, then you need to actually step back and think: Why is it upsetting me? Why why do I mind that my wife has squeezed the toothpaste in the middle of the tube? Uh, why is that bothering me? And probably if you if you stop and take the time to think about it, you realize that it's actually not the toothpaste that you're upset about; it's something else that you're um, not dealing with or not willing to deal with or, you're, or, or you really just haven't uh, come to grips with yet. And, and, and that it's really that other issue, money issues, stresses at work, something like that, that's really at the bottom of it. And it's not really the toothpaste that you're arguing about. Does it ever come down to like a control issue with the other person? Or is it usually a, like a situation like a work issue or, or something like that? Yeah, well, it could be a control issue. I mean, there are certainly people who who have to control relationships, but I but that wasn't really what I was thinking about when I was writing the blog. I was thinking about just the the the, the, the normal marriage uh, and, the, and the normal kinds of little fights that that uh, that husbands and wives get wives get into, um, and really thinking about what you know what the issue is. If you start, if you find that you're arguing about tooth, about how to squeeze a toothpaste tube, it really is time to step back and ask, you know, what what are the real issues that are involved? Because we're really not arguing about the toothpaste; it's right. something else. Yeah, it, it's so true that 
we often want to point the finger and say, you are doing this. You are not doing the toothpaste. Where the reality is, mm-hmm. is it so many times that it, it, like you said, there's a trigger within us. And taking that time, it, it seems simple, but it is not easy to do to, to make our first reaction. What am I doing that is causing me to feel this and then dissecting it? Are there any ways that we can get better at that personally to, uh, to look at ourselves first? Yeah, well, you're getting at the issue that we call mindfulness. And, and you're right, it takes some practice uh, to do that. M- most, most people uh, don't really think too deeply about, about the motives for what they do or you know, why they do what they do. They just kind of go along with their feelings. But I think to be uh, a, a mature person in a mature relationship, you need to step back, step out of yourself and think about uh, you know, why you do the things that you do. Um, maybe you can use those sorts of triggers if you recognize that you often get upset at a particular issue. Um, Instead of just going off the handle again the next time it happens, before that, take some time to just think, kind of, you know, look inside yourself and think, well, what are the issues that are really involved here? Uh, Maybe part of it is just taking the time to to be alone with yourself to to, uh, kind of assess your life and, and think about what's going on. And being mindful, it's so important. It seems so simple. It's Mm -hmm. not easy to do. Definitely starting with meditation, just thinking about it alone is a good first step. But then meditation, I know, really helps me. It's something I'm constantly working on. Uh, I'm trying to do 10 minutes a day. It doesn't sound like a lot, but uh, if you start, you just got to start somewhere, 10 minutes every other day. But just this morning, I had a kind of a realization where I was, I'm, I'm not patting myself on the back here, but, but looking at, at myself, it was kind of after the fact, but Sarah and I were discussing something with business and I just got a little bit frustrated and, and I later realized a big part of my frustration was that I was feeling stressed and it, it had nothing yeah. to do with our conversation. So can you talk a little bit about Again, that's being mindful, but how that outside stress can can affect these seemingly silly discussions. Well, yeah, I, I'm glad you bring up stress. Um, we we live in a very stressful time. Um, uh, it, it's just the, the 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 fact of twentieth 21st century life. You know, our, our modern society. Um, most of us have very long commutes. Um, and, and through heavy traffic, and even if you enjoy driving, um, daily long commutes are stressful because you're dealing, you're really dealing with life and death situations because you're driving on highways and, you know, with lots of other traffic. Um, and so it's stressful. Um, most of us work at jobs where we have, uh, things we have to do. We really don't want to do. Um, oftentimes our bosses are kind of push us to work in directions that are not interesting to us or even uh, that we don't really feel all that comfortable with. We often have to work long hours. Um, then, there, then there are the stresses of uh, child rearing. Uh, we live in uh, nuclear families without, ex- you know, without extended family members around to help us out raising children. So that creates stresses as well. And I can just go, kind of go on and on about the various stresses that we face in life. And yet we don't really think about them. We don't really uh, kind of accept the fact that we have those stresses and 
and try to find ways to deal with them. Instead, we sort of just internalize the stresses, hold on to them, and they build up, and then then they then then all the frustration that we're feeling kind of comes out in uh, our interactions with our spouse or with our family members or our friends. Instead of um, you know, instead of trying to find productive ways of kind of lowering the levels of stress that we have. I've found uh, we've been pretty busy with with my other business the last couple of weeks of uh, teaching people stand up paddle surfing and it is beautiful I'm at the beach I, I'm not complaining here but it 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 can get quite stressful we had family in town and mm-hmm. and I had lots of people to watch over and our relationship definitely suffered I was very irritable and and Sarah and I actually had a conversation about it the other day and and <laughs> It's amazing how I become just a different person, just a usually a not nice person. Um, I'm very short, short-tempered, nothing crazy, but I'm just not particularly nice to be around. So that's, again, something I'm trying to work on is, is managing that stress, just becoming aware of it. So I can't imagine, you know, a lot of our listeners, if you guys are in the car right now on the commute, <laughs> I know I live love listening to podcasts when I'm driving. Yeah. Take a deep breath. And, and especially when you interact with your partner and just like, I don't want to say, I don't know if compartmentalize is the right word, but you, you mentioned in your article that we often misattribute things in our relationship. So I think that if you're stressed, like, with, uh, like I was with, with my camp. And then I come home and Sarah is, she doesn't do anything particularly annoying, mm-hmm. talking about annoying things, but I'm just already at, at a point and, and then I, I react negatively and I'm, I'm misattributing Sarah's, uh, comment as, as negative or and when she might just be, or, or, you know, it might be nothing. So it's just so important to try to leave the the crap at work. <laughs> well, that's that's right. You do need to separate out the stresses from the outside, not bring them into the house as much as possible. Um, but of course, b- before you can do that, you have to acknowledge the fact that you have those stresses. So where would... And, oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, well, I was just going to say that, that even if it means that you have to... Uh, take a few moments after you get home before you interact with your your spouse to sort of decompress. And um, on the other side, give your spouse a little bit of time to decompress before you uh, confront them with any issues. Uh, You know, even if it's just like, you know, getting dinner ready or something like that, give your spouse a few minutes to decompress after coming home before, um, you know, before you begin any interactions. And that was kind of going to be my question if you had any advice for, you know, someone like me in my position, besides giving yeah. Chase a little extra time, are there any other um, tips you would give our listeners who may be in my situation and not quite sure how to deal with somebody who comes home feeling stressed? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you see, if I mean, if you see your spouse or, or, or friend, uh, this works for any relationship, really. If, uh, if, if you see that they're getting upset over, over something small, if you're, if your spouse is arguing with you about how you squeeze the toothpaste tube, um, don't don't uh, don't join in the in, in that argument. Re- try to recognize that this is this is not what the real issue really is. I would say just to just apologize if you've you know if you've offended them and and uh, try to get them to calm down and and then 
maybe later, um, you can you can have a conversation which you can try to explore what what were the real issues that were going on. But let's say if your if your if your if your spouse starts an argument with you over something small or snaps at you, don't don't take it personally because it's really not about you, and uh, don't react to it. Just just try to try to de de escalate the situation instead. I think that's great because what I've found is if there's ever been a situation where you know Chase and I are are having an argument about something small like that, the last thing that helps the argument is actually me saying like you know we should do something different or try to correct him versus just deescalating mm-hmm. it and addressing it maybe the next day. Mm-hmm. Right, because you you can't talk uh, reasonably with somebody who's upset. You can't really deal with the issue, so you need to deescalate first, and then talk about it during a neutral time. One of the things that really helped me when Sarah and I had a, had a talk after, after this camp and after you know I had a stressful week was I, I told her to, instead of letting it build up, to maybe try to tell me earlier, like, hey, uh, it seems like you're really stressed out. Uh, is there something you want to talk about or like, mm-hmm. or you haven't really been attentive lately? It seems like you're stressed out rather than, and, and I'm not putting the blame on Sarah, but I was, I, I wish that she would have said something earlier. I mean, I do need to be more mindful, but I think a partner can also don't let it like get to a point where you're just taking uh, all of your partner's stress for like weeks and weeks on end, and right. then you bring it right. up. Oh yeah, right. I think uh, mm-hmm. you know the earlier it's addressed, the better. Yeah, uh, and I think you're, you're making a good point. You're you you can sometimes notice in your partner that that they are under stress even before they've realized it themselves, um, because they're so worked up in whatever it is they're they're trying to get to, they may not realize how. Uh, how nasty they're being to, to to the people around them, and so the spouse can be a person who can, in a in a very supportive way, say, like you said, you know, you seem to have a lot on your mind. Is there anything we need to talk about, or, or something along those lines, to to help the person kind of come to the realization that there is something that is bothering them, something that that, that needs to be dealt with. Yeah, I think it that's a, a valuable thing, and and you mentioned like de-escalation and taking the time. That's another thing that I think is often, uh, at least with, with Sarah and I, not overlooked, but something we want to maybe work on is that sometimes a conversation is all about timing. And going back to like this morning when I was getting a little bit frustrated with our, with, uh, our business argument, um, was mm-hmm. I was in a rush already. Um, I was in a mm-hmm. rush to get out the door and we were trying to like have this discussion. We weren't yelling or any, you know, argument, disagreement. Um, but then later when I got back, I kind of realized I was like, every time we get into that kind of disagreement where it's something small, but it seems to be that I feel like I'm, I, I'm, I need to be somewhere like, and I, and I'm being rushed. So those conversations aren't productive at that time uh, for me at least. And so that's something that maybe in the future, and Sarah and I talked about that we can table that for, for when I get back and I have more time. Um, So I think that's something really valuable as well. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think, I think you make a really good point is this sort of the timing of when you, when you discuss things and recognizing when it's going to be a productive time 
to deal with issues and when it's not, when it, you just need to deal with the uh, kind of whatever has to be dealt with first and then come back to the conversation later. And I think that's like, I, I completely understood where Chase was coming from that, that that was a, a stressor for him because he's in a rush and he's, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get right. out the door. Um, but a part of me also felt like, you know, when it's important to communicate and also to not feel like I'm, my feelings aren't being heard. And I feel like a part of it was, um, I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain because like at the end of the day, like managing the stress in this situation was probably like the bigger, the bigger picture that we wanted to do. But also I do think in some situations that although managing the stress is important. I think it's also important for me to be able to like express my feelings and not feel like I can't say that because he's going to get stressed out because he needs to leave. So is there like, (laughs) is there like a, I guess a a middle ground that you can like meet at? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Certainly you need to, you need to feel like you can be heard when you need to talk, but and express your feelings. Um, But you, you, you might need to choose wise times for expressing your feelings I think uh, you you need to kind of judge whether your your partner is going to be receptive to what you have to talk about uh, if if you already notice that he that that the partner is not going to listen to what you have to say then why bother to say it it's not gonna it's right. not gonna do any good it won't be a productive uh-huh. conversation uh-huh. for either of us no no it won't be and, and, and that's interesting because you you talked about the need to communicate and usually when people say the need to communicate they they think about talking. I need to I need to tell you you know what I'm feeling. But I, a lot of our communication as humans and, and as animals in general is actually through the reading of facial expressions and body language and that sort of thing. And so you really need to be reading those those signs from your partner before you launch into any sort of discussion to make some some judgments as to whether the, the conversation you want to have is going to be effective at that time or not. Dr. Ludden, you said you're not a therapist, but you're helping us here today. We're just <laughs> feel like we're on the on the couch here talking this through. <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, it's just it happens every day, and we we say on this podcast all the time, like we are not perfect. We are just we are getting the information on these podcasts, just like our listeners, and and trying to apply them to our relationships because it's not easy. Like communicating with another ape, Mm -hmm. with another person, not to mention living with them, loving them, being, you know, in a romantic relationship. It is, I don't want to say it's not a constant battle. Like that makes it seem like, like a tough thing, not worth doing, but it is, uh, we need these tools, you know, to, to communicate well, because, because it's, it's not easy to do. Right. That's right. So you have literally written a textbook on this and, and it's called the psychology of language, uh, right. integrated uh-huh. approach. Are there any things that stand out when it comes to, to language and communication, uh, particularly in a romantic relationship that are areas of importance that, that, that a couple should be making sure they're they're doing correctly or working towards that. Hmm. Well, I think one of the themes in my book is that every every uh, communication is a is a negotiation. Um, you you shouldn't assume that that when you say something, and then you have a clear idea in your mind of what you meant by it. You shouldn't assume that well, if you say it, then your partner will know right away. 
what you meant. Um, you, you need to negotiate the meaning that you're trying to get across, which means doing things like, like, uh, uh, and this works for both, on both sides. When you're, when your partner is telling you something, um, you need to listen. Uh, you, you shouldn't be thinking about how you're going to respond. You should be listening to what your partner says, and then you should be doing some reflecting back. So saying what, what I hear you saying is, you know, such and such, is, is this what you're trying to express, express to me? And then at that, that's when you can clear up a lot of your, your misunderstandings because oftentimes it's happened with me, with my wife and me on plenty of occasions where she's told me one thing and I thought she meant something completely different. And then I did what I thought she she wanted me to do, but it was quite different from what she wanted. And then she's upset because I did the opposite of what she told me to do. You know how these kinds of situations Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) uh, go on. (laughs) And uh, so so if if we just stop and and make sure that we understand what our partner is saying, um, you know, before acting on it, then that's that that right there is an important communication tool. It's funny how that can happen (laughs) so often is is. And and I like what you mentioned of not trying to think of your response while you're listening, because I think just thinking of that now, well over half the time, that's what I'm doing. If Sarah's, if sure. Sarah's uh-huh. saying something, I'm, yeah, you're kind of listening, but it's kind of that like in one ear out the other kind of thing mm-hmm. <laughs> rather than mm-hmm. like attentively listening and trying to decipher and and then maybe even taking a moment and then mirroring your partner and maybe saying, okay, mm-hmm. what I'm getting from what you're saying and, and maybe repeat it even to, to make sure that that communication is right. And, and you're on mm-hmm. the same page mm-hmm. before you formulate a response. Right. Exactly. Make sure you understand uh, what the other person is saying. And it, it really, it, it, it makes a, a big difference in relationships when you take the time the other person has to say. It gives it gives them a sense of, of being validated if they can see that you are actively listening to what they have to say and, and trying to understand them. I think we have the uh, tool that we're going to be using for our, our next uh, discussion. <laughs> we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna try that. No, I think that's a that's an excellent uh, resource uh, for us and our listeners. As long as I'm not running out the door in a hurry. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Well, those are those are not the times to have important conversations. Because it's not going to be effective. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. If you're engaged or planning a wedding, you need to check out Zola Registry. Zola has everything you love about your favorite department stores, plus things like honeymoon funds, which is my favorite, (laughs) fitness classes, wine subscriptions. Sure, that's not your favorite? Actually, that might be my favorite. (laughs) And so much more. So Zola has what's called group gifting. So if you have a big ticket item, like maybe a refrigerator that you want. Refrigerator. <laughs> if any, if any, uh, How about a bed? Item, a I'm, new bed? If anyone wants a refrigerator <laughs> for their wedding, you can use this as your big ticket item, like a refrigerator, and it allows multiple family members or friends to contribute to that one item. And you can price match so you know you're getting the best deal. And Zola is free, which I think is the 
best part about this service. It's free and it's super easy and fun to set up. Over 300,000 couples have used Zola, so they must be doing something right. (laughs) Yeah, free is good. So to sign up with Zola and receive a $50 credit towards your registry, that's like a down payment on a refrigerator, (laughs) go to Zola.com forward slash I do. That's Zola, Z-O-L-A dot com forward slash I do to get a $50 credit towards your registry. Today's show is also brought to you by the book Lovelands. Lovelands, which is written by a past guest on our show in psychologist Dr. Deborah Campbell, is an easy to read guide to creating the relationship in life you most deeply desire. If you've ever wondered why you keep struggling with love and want to make lasting change for the better, Lovelands will show you how to make that change, not just in your relationship, but in every area of your life. I'm deep in the middle of the book right now, and it's eye opening. Deborah's wisdom from her own love mistakes as well as her client struggles has helped me examine myself and has allowed me to become even more aware of the reasons I get defensive or have poor communication or continue unhelpful patterns. Deborah really just tackles what's at the core of diverse relationship problems and simply tells us what helps and what doesn't. Lovelands is available in hardcover on Amazon and audible.com. Visit idopodcast.com forward slash Lovelands to buy your copy today. That's idopodcast.com forward slash Lovelands. So we started this conversation kind of talking about how to deal with like the toothpaste thing that with Mm -hmm. seemingly silly arguments um, and then, you know, being more mindful, trying to look at what is underneath this, you know, us getting upset about the toothpaste. But I will say, uh, or (laughs) I'm not trying to make a statement here, but I guess I would ask you, I have, for example, I have a thing that bothers me around the dinner table. Like if, if someone is chewing loudly, it, it just, it's like nails on a chalkboard. And Sarah <laughs> is not a, a particularly loud chewer, but but sometimes, whatever. Oh, it's, this, it's just, I'm not a loud no, chewer. No, no, but like, <laughs> this is like the tooth, uh, toothpaste thing, right? So, yeah, right. So, right. At, at what point, like, I don't think there's really anything deeper other than, I mean, maybe there's some weird, deep psychological thing, but. Like, at what point do you, obviously we're together and I'm not going to be like, Sarah, if you don't stop chewing loud, like that's it. Or we don't have arguments over it, but it just kind of bothers me. And, 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 and we've said that and, and, uh, and like, this isn't news to Sarah. Um, so I guess like how, how would we navigate that? Like we can communicate around that. And then how do we compromise, I guess? Well, yeah, well, that's where the negotiation comes in, right? Um, every, every community active communication is a negotiation, which of course means compromise, right? You have to work, 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 uh, work something out that works uh, separate for both of you. But I know a couple of things that come to mind when you're telling me about that, I guess the, the first one is, do you know why that particular, why you have that particular pet peeve? Um, 
uh, and, and it's something that you probably ought to think about for a while. Why is it that it bothers you? And, and if it's your wife, all right, that, 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 that really bothers you. Then, then I think you need to ask yourself, well, is that something she's all, always done or is it a new behavior? And if it's something she's always done, then there was a time when it didn't bother you or it didn't seem to, to be a big issue. So why is it a big issue now? Um, is, it, is this actually a proxy for some other issue that you're not quite willing to face up to yet? Uh, and then, I, then as for dealing with these, with these issues, um, at the dinner table, while your partner is chewing loudly, is not the time to deal with it. Um, um, you, you can ask politely, maybe uh, you'd say, you know, could you be a little bit quieter? Um, it, 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 you know, it's irritating me or it's bothering me. And if the, if your partner, you know, it, uh, you know, accepts that and, and, and tries to change it, that's fine. If, if not, then address it at a different time, kind of at a, in a neutral time as opposed to right there at the table. Cause I, if you are, if you are already upset what, by what they're doing, then you're not going to be able to think clearly in order to be able to kind of communicate why it is that really bothers you and what it is that you really need from your partner. I'm over here kind of laughing because I feel like I need to defend myself that I am not allowed to, <laughs> not allowed to. Chase has like yeah. an issue with like moving food around on a plate. Like if there's like a sound of moving food, that's annoying. Then like, that's the sound that, I guess bothers him. I feel like I have to defend myself because I don't chomp food, but sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, but like it's a it's a, a movement of food sounds. I feel like that bothers him in your mouth, <laughs> in your mouth, or like in a bowl, On like last plate. night, yeah, yeah. or like a so, plate. So, but like, and I, you know, I want to respect his feelings that that bothers him, but a part of me wants to be like, you know, you, I feel like he has to figure out why that really bothers him because, like cutting food or making, you know, a sound with food happens at a dinner table. And, you know, as long as you're not being oh, obnoxious, yeah. like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> well, I just, yeah, I, I hear you. It's very easy to become defensive, but that, that's one of the things we need to, to, to guard against. If you find yourself feeling like you need to defend yourself, um, uh, um, it's probably a good idea to try to, to restrain yourself. Um, if, uh, if your if your partner snaps at you from some sort of pet peeve that they've got, uh, I think the best thing to do is just simply offer an apology and uh, say that you'll try try not to do it again in the future. Um, we 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 want to defend ourselves. If we're thinking, well, I'm not doing anything on purpose, so why do I have to apologize? But you know, you step on somebody's foot. You didn't mean to step on their foot, but you still have to apologize. Um, and you have hurt your partner's feelings. And uh, sometimes actually just the apology is all it takes. It's just a recognition that I, I understand that this is that I'm doing something that bothers you. And I'll, uh, I'll try to try to change my habits in the future. Sometimes that's enough to validate the partner and, and you know, the, the, uh, the issue is solved. Yeah, that really makes sense. I mean, when you say that you don't try to, you know, you're not doing it on purpose, but it doesn't mean you still didn't affect your partner. And I'm sure that that happens a lot. You know, it's not just us. I mean, it happens to everybody, I'm sure, where oh, yeah, they absolutely. don't yeah. realize mm -hmm. they're doing something wrong, but it still affects your partner. So you do need to acknowledge their feelings and still apologize. And, and, apolog and apologizing doesn't mean that you admit that you're wrong. Um, an apology admits that you, you acknowledge that you did something that 
offended your partner. That doesn't mean that you admit that you intentionally offended your partner. It is the acknowledgement. That's all it is. And so there's really no no reason to be defensive. Exactly. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because Sarah said, I don't think she meant it, but like that she was doing something wrong. And I don't look at it like that. But yeah, it's just having that validation rather than her saying like, well, just deal with it. Get over it. It's like, well, <laughs> it, it bothers me. And, and I, you know, I'll try to figure that out. But I'm sure our listeners out there can relate. You know, you got someone chomping near you and, you know, might ruin your dining experience. Sarah's not a particularly loud chewer. I don't want to attacker on this but but we have these silly things and and i think that the, right. the main point is is that in a relationship like we have these things that like oh you always leave your you know your toothbrushes in the wrong place or your clothes are not stacked the right way and 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 that's what makes relationships hard are these quirky things that you know Obviously, there's bigger issues too, but it's like these little things that can add up and and just to have the most satisfying relationship we can. It's not even necessarily to stop like big arguments because hopefully you're not like yelling at each other about chomping at the table. Like that's not what's happening with us, but it's just that that validation, that affirmation like, hey, oh, you have these feelings. I'm sorry you feel that way. I'll try to work on that. And just like simple, that is, that is kind of the essence of, of living and interacting with another person is that validation. That's right. I love in your article how you mentioned to try to think of the positive things that you, um, that you think of when you see your partner instead of the negative things, because it'll kind of help you realize what's important. Mm -hmm. That's right. Well, um, of course, it's actually a, a very common technique in, in in couples therapy to start off by asking the couples to come up with three or five things that they really like about their partner. Um, and just that act of going through the effort of thinking up. And remember, we're talking about two people who are not very happy with each other at the moment. Um, but But a- asking them to go through the effort of trying to think of things that they like about the other person or that they appreciate about the other person that actually even then changes their mood, changes the attitude that they have toward their partner. Um, our, you know, we're creatures of habit. Um, we, we don't change our behaviors very much. Um, we may get as we get into a relationship, um, we may start getting irritated by behaviors of our partner engages in, you know, the toothpaste, the, the, the loud chewing, that sort of thing. But really, those are probably things that, the, that your partner did all along. And there was a time when those things didn't bother you because you saw so many good things in the relationship. And then over the years, I mean, uh, relationship happiness inevitably declines over time. I mean, to just after getting married, that's usually the almost always the happiest, happiest time. And then we I don't say that it's a, it's always going to go downhill after that, but it sort of goes back down to a baseline, your, your sort of level of happiness. And, and when you get into that situation, then you start, then those, those things that didn't irritate you before during, you know, during the honeymoon phase, um, might start to irritate you, but you got to realize that, that those are not new behaviors that your partner is engaging. There was once a time when they didn't bother you. And so 
um, you got to think about them in the kind of in the proper perspective and reminding yourself of, of, of what are the, or what the good things about your partner are can then help you put those little things into their proper perspective. Along that same vein is like recognizing that you're on the same team and your partner doesn't have malicious intent most of the time, like most of the time, probably right. almost uh-huh. all of the time. But like, if I was like, "Oh, Sarah, she's just chewing so loud because she wants to annoy me," <laughs> and then intentionally then, trying to annoy you, yeah, right? Then I've, you yeah. know, but but just having that mindset, like giving your partner the benefit of the doubt, I feel has been really valuable. Of like, even you know, in in like a serious argument too, that's not over chewing at the table, whatever it is, just, just, you know, coming in with the mindset of like, they are not trying to hurt me. They are not trying to, to do this thing that, that is making me angry. And, and then coming from a place like that, still trying to resolve the issue, uh, is, is such a, a good perspective to take. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think you, you mentioned a good point. We're not saying here that couples should never argue, um, but arg- arguments should be about the big things. Um, yeah, they shouldn't be about about you know clothes on the floor and and, and uh, chewing too loudly at the table and that sort of thing. Uh, those are the sorts of issues that you want to de-escalate. Um, but then when it comes to the big issues, the big arguments, uh, big fights that you have, which will which will happen, uh, you make a very good point about staying focused on on resolving the, the conflict as opposed to sort of defending yourself, uh, trying to assess blame. I, I see that as a really big issue uh, with, with couples is we always want to uh, shift the blame over to the other person. We don't want to admit that we have any blame ourselves. I think it's better just to not even talk about blame is just, is just instead focus on the, on the issues, not what you did or, or whose fault it was, but how can we work together to resolve this issue? It's counterproductive almost like it serves it is, no uh-huh. purpose except for to make yourself feel good and, and about, you know, bringing down your partner or or maybe you are in the right and your partner truly did something that was detrimental to the relationship. But like pointing that out and blaming there's there's no problem bringing up the topic and, and addressing it. But but it's those you statements like you always do this instead of saying like, I feel upset when you do this. It just the difference between a a you statement and I statement uh, can make a world of a difference in having a productive disagreement and and then moving forward in a positive direction. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I think you make a good point with the, the you statements and the I statements because um, to say you make me so angry is actually not true. Um, I feel angry. I, you know, I'm the one who's having the experience. Uh, what your partner did to you uh, after they do that, you may feel angry, but another person in that same interaction may not have felt angry about it. So the anger is really about you. It's not about your partner. Yeah. And then on that same note, one thing that's helped me on a personal level is also recognizing that I am not my emotions. So I might feel angry, but that doesn't define me. I am not an angry person or because I feel like sometimes I will, you know, we'll have an argument and and I'm in the wrong. And then I'm like, man, I, I screwed up on that. And I'm kind of hard on myself rather than 
acknowledging it and being like, I had those emotions, but that is not who I am. And, and this next moment I am, I am a different person basically. And and now I can move forward without that being the, the definition of who I am. Right. Uh, I think you're, you're getting at the issue of emotional intelligence and it's recognizing that emotions happen to you as they don't define you and, and you shouldn't let your emotions drive you, uh, your emotions can provide you with good information, but you have to, you know, evaluate that information against other information that you've got when you're dealing with the situation. And uh, ma- mainly uh, consider whether whether what your emotions are telling you to do at a particular moment is really going to be the most productive. Absolutely. And you have really helped Sarah and I uh, get through our Silly table disagreements, <laughs> and, uh, but in all seriousness, this is all really important stuff, uh, communicating with our partner, and it seems simple, but it is not. So the more tools we have, uh, certainly you've given us some great ones today on the show, the better we'll be able to navigate those, uh, those conflicts. So uh, before we wrap up, if you can tell our listeners maybe where they can find you online, and uh, then we'll say goodbye. Well, okay. Um, they can find me on, on the Psychology Today website. I have a blog called Talking Apes, uh, where I, um, I, I tend to focus on, on language-related issues, but communication more, more generally speaking. And, and uh, I have quite a few blog posts on communication within relationships. Great. Well, our listeners know to find all those links on your show notes page on our website at idopodcast.com. And thank you so much for joining us today and uh, having a great conversation. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. We hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. As always, you can find the links from today's show on our website at idopodcast.com. And while you're on the website, we encourage that you check out some of the free resources that we've created for you guys. One of those is the 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge. And we send you a email every day for 14 days with doable challenges to help strengthen and make your relationship even better. And we've also created cheat sheets and workbooks for your relationship. And you can find all of those on our website. And lastly, our Facebook group, which is the Love Tribe. We encourage all of you guys to join our group there as well. And if you ever have any topic suggestions or ideas for the podcast, please send them our way. You can email us at info at idopodcast.com and we would love to hear from you guys. And we hope you enjoyed today's show. listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com